Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. You're listening to the Irish Times Inside Politics podcast. It's Wednesday, November the 23rd, and you're very welcome to the weekly politics podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Before we start, do remember that you can find all our shows on irishtimes.com slash podcasts, or you can make sure that you'll never miss an instalment by subscribing on iTunes or on your preferred podcast service. With me today, Labour Party TD for Tipperary and spokesman on jobs and health, Alan Kelly TD, along with his namesake and stalwart of the Irish Times political staff, Fia Kelly. Fia, what's happening up in Leicester House today? Um, not much. I think the big news today is the Central Bank has announced it's changing its rules on uh, mortgage uh, on, on mortgages. The big change is that heretofore, a first-time buyer would have to amass a 10% deposit in a house up to €220,000 and 20% thereafter. That obviously caused a lot of difficulty with people in Dublin and it was a concern amongst various politicians. The government introduced this help-to-buy scheme, the budget to help get around that, but the central bank has gone back somewhat on its initial plans and first-time buyers will now have to just collect a 10% deposit on the value of all homes. However, they still will be restricted by what in what they can borrow. It'll be 3.5 times their earnings. But it's a big move it's considering big, the it's fact... It's a big change. I was talking to, to our colleague Conor Pope out there before we came in. He was saying uh, first-time buyer buying a €400,000 house uh, up until now with the rules would have had to pay approximately 56000 in a in a deposit, which is an enormous mm. sum of money, um, and now would have to pay £20,000. Yep. And you, you, Europe, when, you, when, you cou- when you couple it with the announcement in the budget that you can get a tax rebate worked up That's to, including the yeah, tax rebate. The so, tax so, rebate. So it's it's, like it's effectively a 5% deposit. Effectively a 5% deposit. deposit. Yeah. In the space of a month, we've seen is two significant changes to uh, how first-time buyers can uh, get, a, get a mortgage. The other issue, I suppose, around politics today is that the Taoiseach has announced he's travelling to the Vatican next Monday to meet Pope Francis and thank him for accepting an invitation to visit Dublin in 2018 for, I think, World Day of the Families. So... It seems to be that the, that he also said, I think, at one stage, the Taoiseach in recent weeks, that he looked forward to welcoming the Pope in twenty. In his capacity as Taoiseach. In his capacity as Taoiseach. So I think you know a lot of people on the Fine Gael benches would be kind of looking askance at that. Not, so. not just the Fine Gael benches. <laughs> <laughs> really, Alan? Do you care to no. what, what's your view on that? I mean, you, you work very closely with with Andy Kenny for, for yeah, five he years. Was a, he was a very fair chairman. And? He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good man. But yeah. um, look, there's the internal dynamic inside Fine Gael is... Is now becoming a, a real sideshow, you know. So um, everything he says has been monitored by so many different uh, silos inside in Finnegal. It's kind of getting a bit boring, to be honest. Let me ask you about the the, the housing measure because you're a former minister for the environment, mm-hmm. so you were tussling with a lot of these issues only less than less than a year I think ago. It, I think I'd, I'd welcome it, to be honest. Which uh, the three point five is still kept as regards what you have to uh, you know your low income ratio. So. I mean, you think I'm, that's the more important rule? Yeah, right? I think it's important. Yeah, because you know you, ha- you have to have that proper ratio. But I think you know, for particularly for people in Dublin trying to buy a house, it was impossible under the old regime. I actually said publicly that I believe the rules need to be tweaked for first-time buyers in large urban areas, particularly in Dublin. And this is what's happened. So 
personally, I'd welcome it. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but I'm, I'm sure. That's it's I think the central yeah. bank's having a press conference. It, it hasn't been officially confirmed, but I, I think it is definitely yeah, going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would welcome that. Yeah. yeah. Let, let me ask you then, Alan, about, about the position of the Labour Party. You know, you uh, before the last election, you were a frontbench spokesman, deputy leader of the second the largest, minister, second, and a minister, <laughs> yes, indeed, I beg your pardon, of the second largest parliamentary party in the country, a significant number of TDs, more than 30. Now you find yourself in a, in a party of seven TDs. It must be quite different. Yeah, it's completely different. It's a completely different dynamic. I mean, the the election results, and I've said this numerous times, were devastating for the Labour Party. So um, uh, we're certainly uh, going through a transition period and uh, that can could go on for some time. Uh, the party is totally, it totally needs to rebuild, bring in fresh blood, which is happening, and refocus our energies and get back to basics and refocus on what we're all about. And that's a lot of internal soul searching. Um, it's not going to be something that's going to be done very quickly. You have to do this over a period of time. And uh, that's what's happening, and it's you know it's it's for all of us at senior levels in the party to uh, to deliver that, and certainly I'm going to play my part. There were times in the past when the Labour Party suffered knockbacks, but this time is a little bit different in that you've got uh, a large Sinn Fein party uh, on the, positioned on the left, you've got AAPPP who are almost the same size as you in, in parliamentary terms anyway, and are knocking at your door a little bit in some of the opinion polls as well, plus a whole rainbow of independence of one stripe or another. Does it make it more difficult to re-establish well, Labour as an as a effective party? Well, that remains to be seen, mind. to be honest. Uh, um, that dynamic could work for you as well. Um, it could work against you, but it could work for you. It's certainly different from all the other times. The Labour Party always went into government and saved the country. Did it in the 40s, did it in the 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, or in the noughties. So we, we've done it again. The electorate was always ungrateful. Well, it's not the case, but it is, I, I, you know, no point in saying that, but it is true. The facts are we always lost when we come out of, of government by being in coalition, being a smaller party. But the dynamic is different now because the two and a half party system doesn't exist anymore. Um, politics is more fragmented. But there's also other opportunities from that fragmentation. Um, for instance, like I believe in politics, there's a, a race to the bottom. It's a populistic race. Um, which you can trace back for many different reasons, but I think you can, from a symbolic way, you can trace back to uh, a by-election in Tala a few years ago, which was won uh, by the AAA, which uh, Sinn Féin thought did win. And they were outmaneuvered, and um, they had to change positions on a whole range of things, and which Fianna Fáil followed suit on, and on ultimately Fianna Gael have followed suit on as well. So I think there's a role for a Labour Party which goes back to uh, being its core area which is supporting people who are working um, and also telling people the truth telling people as it is and I think if we focus in on those two areas in particular I think there's growth for us versus that fragmentation Where, yeah. where, where do, you, do you think you know is the focus now of the party on people's, people who are working well, where, I, I, where, where is the focus of the party now Well I, to be honest with you I, I think the, the, there's a multitude of areas there for starters obviously in the, the public pay area, there is the need to uh, get back to a point where uh, unwinding FEMPI and, and restoring people's pay gradually, I, I mean gradually over a period of time, and that's one aspect, but that's only one aspect. I think really we've got to look at, <coughs> at people's pay, what people are paying in tax, when people enter the higher rate of tax, the rate at which they enter it, which is ridiculously low, and what really annoys me is the volume of people who talk about the need to um, have a different uh, tax base and broaden the tax base. But they actually don't practice it. I mean, they're against everything. So if you're against everything, how are you going to broaden the tax base? 
Uh, how are we going to bro- uh, allow people to have more disposable income? Um, also, dealing with um, cost of living issues, uh, childcare, for instance, insurance, uh, mortgages, uh, other uh, effects which are coming on to people because of um, the way in which the the growth of the country, which is welcome, which we played a huge role in, uh, but it is creating additional costs for people. So dealing with the cost of living and creating greater capacity for people to have um, to be able to use their income. There is a real issue, I think, in this country, and it's this, is that the, I think the Labour Party, and my focus on certainly is going to be in the f- coming years, is focus on the value of work. I think we need to have a conversation about work in this country. We're getting down to pretty low unemployment levels again, which is great, which, as I said previously, we, we played a huge role in. But we need to focus in on the value of work um, so that uh, there's a premium on work. There's a premium on people who are going out and doing an honest day's work for an honest day's pay and that their quality of life reflects that. Are you saying that doesn't exist right now? I'm saying it has to be better, yeah. Within the party? No, it's, I'm yeah. saying that for people who are working, I mean, on modest incomes, their quality of life needs to improve. You didn't you did mention the issue of, you know, classic liberal issues that perhaps the party seems to be focusing on at the moment, like repeal the eighth. Like, for example, your leader has put in great store in his doll contribution so far this month on the relations between the executive and the judiciary. Are they non-core issues that you would see? Uh, as you would for, see the Labour Party folks in? Well, we're always the party of equality. We're the par- party that has delivered on the Liberal agenda all the way since the 70s. Well, so what thanks did that get you? I'm coming to that, and don't worry, you'll yeah. get the answer you want, but just give me a chance to say it. <laughs> um, look, we've all, we, you know, decriminalisation of homosexuality, divorce, marriage equality, and a whole range of other things. And I'm all obviously in favour of, uh, you know, uh, the equality agenda and, and um, focused in on all these issues. Um, but also for me and they are very important and they are a critical component of the DNA of the Labour Party but are not the only component and for me the most important thing as a Labour Party TD and the reason I'm a Labour Party TD is to ensure that people who work that their quality of life and um, what they get for the value of their work what they put on the table for their families is absolutely the most important thing that those the people who are working get a good quality of life, get a fair income, and most of all, the conditions in which, under which they work are appropriate and fair and they're not being exploited. For me, that is the numero uno as regards why you're a Labour Party TD. And the other issues are important. They are part of the pie chart. Well, our focus, I think, needs to be on those issues primarily now. In terms of talking about broadening the tax base or a failure to broaden the tax base, where, where do you stand then on something like the water charges where, where would you so like to see them go it's going into a process everyone then. knows where I stand on water charges I mean <clears throat> I must be the one person inside in the doll who everyone knows exactly where I stand on I'd say that's fair to say to you it is dead, yeah. now what about the party well look I mean the party is in the same place look I mean water charges obviously is, is a topic that I'm asked about a lot um, I know exactly where we are legally I know the European Commission has been in touch with Simon Coveney on numerous occasions, at least twice, Commissioner Vella. I know because I know him. I mm. spoke to him. I know him pretty well. He's actually a li- he was he comes from the Labour family. Um, I know the Attorney General has advised uh, Minister Coveney. How do I know that? Because I actually wrote the letter that she answered to him. And the current Water Commission, Binance, which is a waste of taxpayers' money, it's a fait complete. 
given the legal situation, it has to, in my opinion, come out and recommend some form of modest charge. And let me just say the two points on that, because, you know, not to seem like a person who's just determined to uh, see people paying for something. There's a real issue here. It's a utility in one sense, and that, you know, it has to, the infrastructure has to be created. I mean, the idea that somebody who's in rural Ireland who's, who's got a well, and I listened to Barry Cowan yesterday, and he, I was sitting beside him in, a, in an interview, and I found it incredible. I thought it was more important to let him talk than for me to talk because I couldn't understand one iota of what he was saying. Um, the idea that people in rural areas who pay for wells or group schemes that should be paying in on their, on their income tax for others is completely unfair and inappropriate. That's one. Business people have to pay twice as well. But there's a third sector. And we go back to, we talked about broadening the tax base and we talked about income. So the people who are listening to your show here, and I understand you have thousands of listeners who are working in whatever way they're listening to this, um, you know, they're expected then to pay through their taxes a disproportionate amount for people who do not pay for water or will not pay for water, but also for people who waste water. So in that scenario, that's unfair on working people. So what Fianna Fáil are proposing is that working people pay more. And that's against everything I believe in. What do you think the prospects are, though, given the fact that... Well, the politics... Uh, given, the, given the fact the that, you know, some, some of the people competing, that you'll be competing for seats for Sinn Féin, well, AAPPP, we, not we, to mention the leader of Fianna Fáil party of all... But you see, the, diff- the difference, I suppose, for particularly possibly myself and maybe Fia could be better to independently analyse this, is that, you know, saying it as it is, the politics of this, if you're talking about electoral politics, that's one thing, because I understand uh, the furor over this. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't say it as it that doesn't mean you don't say what's right and ultimately here you will in this city have water shortages ultimately and I'm speaking as somebody where the extraction process to come to Dublin and other areas is actually coming from my constituency it's a difficult issue it's coming from three miles away from where I was born and live uh, so I understand this fairly deeply but at the end of the day there has to be parity people have to be treated the same and working people I'm sick and tired of saying this Working people are paying too much. People in rural Ireland will be paying double and people who are working will be paying disproportionately for those who don't want or two, those who will waste. So why would it be fair for the two of you who do an honest day's pay for an honest day's work? Well, I don't know about that. Most, <laughs> most days. I, I, come on, you took that away from me. I wanted, to, I wanted to throw in a pun there. Most days, anyway. But why would it be fair for both of you to pay for somebody who chooses not to uh, work or and uh, chooses um, to literally waste six, eight, ten times the amount of water that you use and refuse to conserve. Now, where's the parity? And the other thing is, under European legislation, it's called uh, the user pays principle. Ireland can't escape that. So if Fianna Fáil get their way and Barry Cowan's talking about 10 years, 15 years time, we'll be paying through our nose anyway because the fines will be colossal. You talk about broadening the tax base as well, but do you have any other areas in mind where, you know, in order to bring, in order to ensure that any resources available are used to take more people out of that higher tax bracket? That is there any other way you could raise well, tax? Like for example, the property tax was one that was implemented by the last government. It's been frozen. It probably will be frozen again. Should that be implemented properly and evaluated, consistent, reevaluated consistently in order to make sure that the tax base is broadened? Well, I was thinking more in the area of corporation tax, to be honest mm. with you. 
I mean, the property tax issue probably has a period of time to bed in. Yeah. To be fair, it did come in. So, um, so that's that. But I think in the corporation area, certainly there was room for, you know, reanalysis there to actually ensure twelve and a half percent. You know. So no, don't don't mess with the twelve and a half percent rate, but make it more. No, I don't believe. I, I, I'm strongly in favour of twelve and a half percent because I believe it's a competitive advantage. Um, but uh, and there are other ancillary knock-ons which create obviously uh, greater benefits for the economy. But certainly. Um, you know, there is scope there. There is definitely elasticity there in relation to what has been paid versus the 12.5%. Is there a possibility that, I mean, you were talking there at the outset about populist parties uh, basically making promises which they knew they could, they knew they could never keep. I mean, that's not something which is peculiar to Ireland. That's quite an international uh, political trend the these days. In fact, we had, a, we had a, an author on last week who's written a book about this trend, both from the left and from the right in the United States and, and in Europe. The left, and, that the, the left a big, and the right sometimes it goes so far. Well, there's, as, as he was pointing <coughs> out, there was the, the, the similarities at times between the two. But what, arguably the people who suffered most from that politically are the social democratic parties, uh, the, including, uh, including the Democratic Party in the in the United States? There's a kind of particular challenge for for parties like your own in in responding to this in a way that kind of keeps them above, keeps their heads above water, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's the crucial issue um, because I mean I look around the doll, um, the doll this time around is completely different to the doll last time around, or the previous time, the makeup, but also. Um, in relation to many of the deputies, I mean, like, and I've only been in politics because of 10 years, but, you know, the raising debt is to get re-elected in the next election. I'm not sure if it is to serve the people. I'm not sure is it to do the best for the people. And there is a difference. I mean, frankly speaking, my raising debt is to do the best for what I believe in, uh, for the people, f- from a party, uh, because I believe in a certain uh, political thought. Um, but, if, you know, populism um, now and the race to the bottom and the populistic political agenda um, is what's foremost in so many deputies and so many re- representatives' thoughts. But don't you, don't you need to be realistic about how the electorate has responded positively to that and figure out what to do about it. Yeah. I was reading Harry yeah. McGee's yeah. interview yeah. Well, with Brendan Howland earlier I this week. Only, he was talking about the way you guys really didn't see the level of the hit coming yeah, that, that well, came. Despite well, the I, opinion I, I haven't said that, though. I mean, to be honest with you, um, that's fair enough, uh, and that's a, a proper analysis in many ways. But the only way you can fight that is by putting out political thought, policies, arguments that convince people that um, your arguments are better and real and truthful uh, than those that are being put forward by the populist agenda. I mean, anyone, I mean, Maybe, maybe in Ireland, and I've, you know, thinking about this quite a lot lately. Obviously, like everyone else, but maybe in Ireland, you know, we've gone through a certain phase in relation to this populist agenda, and we're going to come out through the other side because, you know, ultimately people are getting back to work. The economy is improving. Uh, people's quality of life are improving. The balance in relation to that, I believe, has to change, as I've said earlier on. Um, but as people focus in on that, uh, you know, as they understand that you can't have everything for nothing. You know, that people have to make contributions. We live in a society. Everyone has to make a contribution in in some way. Uh, And by doing that, all boats rise. And in that space, then, you know, economics matters. You know, choices have to be made. Um, Well, then you make the arguments as regards what are the most important and appropriate and top choices. But aren't the choices that people have made, for example, in your own constituency of Tipperary, the choices they've made is the best man to do that for them top to top the poll is Michael Larry. That's You're still talking about electoral politics. Mm. 
I mean, what I'm talking about is, is, is broader than that. If you can get through to the, to the people, I think, people's elect... If you can get through to the people, as regards the arguments that I just spoke about, I believe the people's electoral choices will change correspondingly. Is it, it, that kind of social democratic group within the doll. so there's yourselves, there's social democrats. You could arguably, arguably say the Fianna Fáil are a social democratic party now under no. their current leader. No. You're quite a small voice, so it would not be better to band together. And make well, sure he's all singing off the one. Look, we've, we've had loads of examples of parties coming back into the Labour Party, and if they want, anyone wants to rejoin the Labour Party, they can. The Labour Party is the most resilient party in Ireland. Mm. They've been around f- the longest party in the state. And um, you know, the political thought that we believe in is the political thought that served through time, and will continue to serve through. I think we're going through a difficult period at the moment, expressing ourselves and getting the arguments out there. There's no doubt about that. But we will come through it, and we will come through it on the basis of. Um, the principles that I spoke about at the beginning of this show. But we do have to get out, mobilise that thought and those arguments and win. Like, for instance, I mean, ultimately, um, if you get into a discussion as regards, you know, at any one time, uh, there is a, a pie chart of money or funding available at any one time in this country, whether it's today, yesterday or budget time or whatever. Ultimately, that pie chart has to be divided up. Ultimately, that pie chart has to be filled in by income or by um, by receipts. Um, people are going around saying that you can have everything, that the funding is just going to come from so- somewhere, and that's not really about choices. It's not really about priorities. The populists are saying that you can have everything, nobody has to pay for nothing, and that really it's all about uh, uh, in-the-sky wealth tax or uh, something that's going to deliver everything. Like anyone... When you break down those arguments, anybody uh, who is rational understands that that is a lie and it can't happen. Do you need a stronger Labour Party to make that argument to be heard? So would you say, you to, say to people who were once Labour thinking, I'm not just talking about the Social Democrats, they're independents in the doll who would be net Labour in their thinking, would be Labour in their, their history. Would you ask them to come back on board? I absolutely. I have no problem with that at all. And by the way, there's lots of other people. Well, Are there any discussions of that sort happening? Um, I suppose, look, there are discussions at various different levels, but um, like I wouldn't say necessarily in Dáil and I'd say probably more around the country and uh, that. Um, look, over a period of time, I suppose, it's not that long since we've come out of government, it's only six months, but over a period of time, I believe that there will be developments in that whole area. There will be, I mean, look, we, if you look at what's after happening in the last few months, even in the colleges area, um, you know, we have had uh, tremendous success. So I believe over a period of time uh, that will filter through and uh, you will see more people coming back towards... I mean, if you look at the makeup of the doll now at the moment, the makeup of the doll means there's a do-nothing doll. <coughs> the government doesn't function. Let's be frank about it. It is not a functioning government in any real terms. There's no legislation of any massive real value being passed. Um, we're pointing out huge areas uh, of or huge gaps in, in many different areas. We're putting forward a different political thought. The fact that Labour aren't in government with Fine Gael, people are noticing the difference. We achieve far more in government uh, now, and people realise it now, and then probably people thought at the time. And people notice that. And that helps people us. People want to be told that, though. Pe- well, Do you think they'll hear we that don't, message? But, but like, we don't tell them that. I think it's inferred and people notice it, and it's beginning to be noticed. Um, like we were inside in government at the worst period in the economic history of the, of the country and we were able to turn the country around and Fine Gael weren't, didn't turn the country around it was the government that turned the country around and the Labour Party played a huge component of that but after this it's been six months now 
uh, I think we have to be in a completely different space. But we can't just run and be populist. We will not do that. We have to be consistent to our values, consistent to our thoughts um, and what we believe in. And by doing so, I do believe that people will come back to us. It may, it, may take, it may take more than one election. Oh, well, I want to ask you just a couple of things about what Alan's just said there. One is the, the point, the anti-populist point, and the point also very carefully mm. presenting the party as a party of working people mm. and making working people. That's a phrase which I seem to remember Joan Burton making mm. to some extent, obviously yeah. with not much success before the election. And the other one is the way in which a party reconstructs itself after an electoral disaster. Mm. Traditionally, in Irish terms, there's been a point that they work up to the next local election mm. and they use that as a springboard for the following mm. general election. That's probably not going to be available to Labour the way this no, the problem political is that, landscape that, that, is. Yeah, if, you look, if you go back to Micheál Martin in 2011 and the Kenny in 2002, you're right, the first step on the road to recovery was focusing on the local elections, getting candidates in place that would yeah. then win new a council seat. Young, new generation, yeah, would, spring, would be new mm. blood. They'd springboard on then to a doll seat. The, the likelihood is that's not going to happen. The next locals are June 2019. We're probably going to have a general election before then. So I think, from a Labour Party point of view, we have a small parliamentary party of seven. I think you've around 50 councillors, Alan, is that right? That probably the way to do that would be, I don't know, Alan probably have more view on this, would be to make sure that the councillors are being represented through the CDs. So if the TDs are in touch with the councillors, the council say, look, I want this issue raised in Dáil Éireann, can you put down this question for me? The TDs would say, yes, that might be a way of reinvigorating the party uh, at a local level, that the, lo- that the local councillors feel they have an input at a national level. That may be the way to go. But the other thing I suppose that, a lot of the rising stars of, of Alan's generation yeah. of the Labour Party lost their seats at the last, last election. Some of them are in the Senate now, mm. and they'll be looking to get back on that Do you think that, that Alan said, Alan obviously has a very specific idea about what the Labour Party should be and how it should recover should own working people but there are other, other people in the party who believe that the first step in their recovery is to win back the Liberal suburbs and they believe that that is the way to go and I suspect given what he said he disagrees with that Alan? I think there's a balance I think it's really a case of doing both um, but for me the balance is focusing in on bread on the table it's about working people and it's about you know people's lives and, and making sure that their quality of life improves. The other issues Fiat referred to are very important to the party. But for me, the priority is what is I said. Is there any possibility there was an overemphasis in those liberal issues? Well, you see, the, the la- look, the, during, I mean, look, I mean, well, like... Uh, there could be too much of focus on the doll as well. Yeah, I agree And the, nas- the national media and getting interviews and op-eds. Absolutely. Yeah, Should, I, do you think the focus should be away from the doll? Well, I, I believe in... I believe in, in uh, feet on the ground as well as everything else. Mm. Now I have to do my proportion in fairness as, as one of the TDs and I, I think I do at least my own uh, share if not mm. more. Um, but um, yeah, you ultimately Felix right about through the councillors, through the area reps, through the people uh, across the party uh, on the ground. It's work. Work gets you a long way and uh, if you can deliver on that you will you'll get there. But like if you focus in and this is a real issue like we delivered um the Labour Party. Eamon Gilmore is more responsible for marriage equality in this country than any other human being because he insisted on it being part of the programme for the last government. That's a fair point. That is right? a fair point. It wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. And Fine Gael did not want it. Right? He pushed it through. But I have to say out straight, I don't think the Labour Party got any electoral bounce of delivering an absolutely life-changing event for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. You were blocked essentially from running for the leadership of the Labour Party and that they all ganged up on you and, and unanimously um, uh, then, you know, put by Brendan Howland forward and Brendan Howland is now the leader. At the time, I was looking for your quotes at the time, you, you not surprisingly felt that you offered the best option for the Labour Party to kind of, for this process of revival. 
Um, what's the difference between what you would have you would have done and what Brendan Howell is doing there? Yeah, I've been asked loads of questions about this in the past. Um, I've never been asked a question like that, though, to be fair. So that's a new angle. Well done on coming up with that one. Um, look, uh, look, you put your name for By the way, that's all over. It's done. That's fine. We move on. Um, I was very disappointed at the time. Uh, I didn't think what happened was fair or appropriate. I never will. Um, and uh, I think the, the membership had a, had, a, had a certain view and they weren't allowed to uh, be part of that. And I, I think that was wrong and I'll always think it's wrong. Having said that, um, I suppose, look, um, actually, myself and Brendan have very close views on many things, um, but my focus certainly is always and will be on the quality of life of working people. It'll always be on the practical examples of how you can demonstrate change for them. It'll always be about representing those primarily. All other issues will, are quite important or secondary. I come from a, a traditional old labour background. Um, you know, the uh, bread and butter issues in relation to income, in relation to standards of work, in relation to quality of life, in relation to equality, in relation to representing um, fairness in the workforce, in relation to distribution of jobs, etc. They are, and regional distribution, creating, ensuring that world Ireland is fairly represented as much as urban Ireland, that the two of them shouldn't be competing they're the types of areas that I would focus in on primarily. And that's different to Brendan Howell and Hill? Uh, I don't know. You'd have yeah. to ask Brendan that. You, you think, might be a better yeah. analyst, an, uh, analyst <laughs> do, do at you that. Think, do you think that Brendan is, is the leader into the next election? That no matter what, he will lead the party into the next yeah, election? I presume, I presume so, yeah. I presume so, or like yeah, if yeah, yeah. the poll at the moment has Labour Party in 3%. Yeah, fear you're not going to be getting me to say anything controversial. You can keep going. <laughs> but, uh, but like, you know, go, say, let's say a year from now that the, the, party's at three, the party's at 3% going into uh, election I've every, every faith in Brendan Howland to lead the Labour Party into the next election. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, uh, well done there. Listen, we lured you in here into the Irish Times newsroom, so we can't let you go without asking on behalf of our colleague Sarah Barden, who's oh, not here. You were talking about, um, uh, about worry, her report in the newspaper myself, yesterday. Myself and, Have you made it up? Oh, absolutely. Described her article as lazy journalism on Morning Ireland last well, week. I'm fairness, myself, um, myself, and by the way, she didn't want you to ask that question on this. I just yeah, well, she didn't. Know. She didn't communicate that to me. <laughs> so you, you, maybe she communicated to me yeah. to you. Yeah. I spent a good bit of time with Sarah yesterday. Yeah. Look, um, this was a story just for listeners who don't know about uh, about train line in Tipperary. Sarah, Sarah is my favourite journalist in the Irish Times. <laughs> Competition in all spheres. Say it is. Yeah, I'd say it is. No, look. I mean, two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, look. I was disappointed with an inaccuracy but to be fair I, I, I uh, if I had my time again I wouldn't have mentioned the name I'd probably have mentioned the paper but not the name but I, uh, I explained that to her and we had a chat and she's back we're, we're, we're in great good ground again now I think On that note of peace and harmony we'll leave it there thanks very much Alan Kelly and Fiac for joining us today Cheers. And that's it for this edition of Inside Politics. Thanks to our producer Declan Conlon and engineer JJ Vernon. Remember, you can mail me at hlinehan at irishtimes.com or tweet me at hlinehan. And do keep an ear out for our additional series, Inside Story, which we're pushing out every week later in the week as well. But until the next time, goodbye and thanks very much indeed for listening.